Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. We really appreciate that you take time on a weekly basis. Hopefully it's a weekly basis, but even if you're catching up, maybe as you're driving for the holidays or have a little bit of time at home, welcome back and we hope you enjoy these times. And Alan, I'm here with with my good friend Alan and we're going to talk about something that I hear people, especially younger people say, I'll hear them say, don't judge me. It's like, really? And so we're going to talk about, um, should we, shouldn't we judge and how do we do that? So Alan, kind of lead us into that, would you? Yeah, boy, that's a, it feels like it's a really large task uh, to do that because there's, you know, there's obviously Bible verses that take us in some, some differing thoughts with all that, you know, in, in, in a Matthew uh, chapter seven, you know, don't judge lest you be judged. You know, mm-hmm. but then there's also that thing of you're going to, whatever, however you judge, you're going to be judged by the same criteria, right? But then we're also told to examine ourselves, to make judgments, to see whether you're in the faith. And, then, you know, we're, we're to, to do all these other things where we're making judgments. And so, mm-hmm. boy, it's tough to determine when you're being a judge and when you need to make a judgment and, and all those kinds of things. So. That's, it feels like it's a really difficult balancing act when we use this word judge. Yeah, I think you're right, Alan. Um, and we we all make, we have to make judgments on a daily basis. I mean, thousands of judgments and decisions. You have to make a judgment to make a decision. And so we're all, always doing that. But I like the verse that you shared in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, because it, I guess it puts the the starting place in the right place. And that is to start with ourselves, to start by judging ourselves and our thoughts and actions before we start um, talking about someone else. Well, and that's what the Bible teaches us, right? It, it, judge lest you be judged for the same measure as you judge. That's how you're going to be judged. And so we need to recognize it that, you know, whenever we, we take on a role of judge, that, that we are taking a heavy responsibility um, upon ourselves. And you know, think of it this way, that there, there are, even in our court system, you know, there, there are local judges, but then there's state judges, there's federal judges, and there's a Supreme Court, you know, and, and if we think about it like that, we, we are low-level judges, but there's a final judge. And he has the right to overrule our judgment. <laughs> he has the right to, he, he, and he's the only one that has the sentencing capability. Um, we, yeah. we, we are not the ones who pass sentence on. We are the ones who, who make uh, judgments, and it needs to be in accordance with how he rules. And so we want to line up with how he makes judgments. And so when we make judgments, we want to be, be in line with him. And I think if we look at it that way, I think that could be a really big help when we talk about this thing, because I, I hear it too. So many people, well, don't judge me. You know, who, who are you? Who do you think you are? <laughs> You know, and so, you know, it depends and it depends on their situation. Right. Because I think it I think it's a lot different when we think about judgments we make as pastors in the church versus how we react to the lost world. Yeah, you're right. Well, and and if you listen to last week's episode, we just we talked about unforgiveness and how that can affect you and how we should give forgiveness. But, you know, we we tend to want people to judge us based on our intentions, but we always judge others based on their actions. 
and um, and so we don't want people to to judge us based on our actions. And we, you know, it's it's tough. Um, we judge based on what we see, and we don't know what's on in the heart of those people. And there are people in our churches, people we deal with outside of our churches, that can really rub us the wrong way. <laughs> We're going to make a judgment call. Yeah, that's great, Trent. I love I love what you said there. That we want to be judged for for our intentions, and we judge others for for what they do. That's that's really good. That's like quote worthy, right? Right there. <laughs> well, so, it's probably that. someone else's quote, and I can't remember who's who I heard said it. So I'm not <laughs> going to take credit for it. But yeah. So, well, I'm going to give I'm going to give you credit. I'm going to give you credit, and then they can I correct that for, for you know, whoever it was that said that later. But I love that. That's that's a really good thought. Well, let's yeah. let's talk about it because you know, as as pastors or lay leaders in a church, we we are called to make some judgments um, uh, about the church, and we probably aren't going to have an exhaustive list today. Uh, you know, we're coming up after Thanksgiving here, and you're probably full. You know, and so we, we don't want to put you to sleep too bad, but we do have some some key areas here that I think are important. And you know, the first judgment we make is the is like we're a judge at a at a county fair or something. We need to judge the fruit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you know, we ha as we make judgments, we, we're supposed to judge the fruit of the tree. So what Jesus gives the examples in Matthew twelve thirteen. Um, he talks about that we can see a, and judge a tree based on the fruit that it produces. And so that's what my grandma always told me, Alan, was that we're, we're not supposed to be judges, but we're supposed to be fruit inspectors. And so we can inspect the fruitfulness of others. And we can also, it, it's a good, time, good thing for us to inspect the fruitfulness of our church as a whole. As ministers, this is a, a, you know, we have to make a judgment. And sometimes the judgment leads to change, but we have to inspect the fruitfulness of ourselves and our church. Yeah, not the fruitiness of your church, but the fruitfulness of, of, of your church. So, so yeah, you know, are, is your church bearing fruit? You know, I learned a long time ago, um, one of the wisest pieces of advice I was ever given was to keep the baptismal waters stirring. In other words, the more... You're baptizing people. Um, the the more your church is going to be healthy, the more it's going to recognize what its responsibility is. And so we want to be fruitful in ministry. And so we want to inspect whether or not we we are being fruitful. And that goes kind of along with the the overall spiritual condition of the church. We're we're to recognize that. We are we are to know if if our church is in a growing pattern or a plateaued pattern. And the the reality is is that most churches in America are are plateaued and they're in a spirit their spiritual condition is at best like a stagnant pond. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right, Alan. I, I think I've read some things, and I know for our state in Missouri now there are. Uh, I read something that the vast majority of the churches in our state are either plateaued or declining, and so if we we. I think that comes from as a result of not making some judgments of the fruitfulness over the years. And we just kind of let things go. We coast, we get in a rut. And uh, unfortunately, then we don't recognize that we need to make changes. So. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need to know, you know, are, are my people praying people? 
you know, mm. um, are, are we a compassionate people? You know, are we an outward focused people? Those are all spiritual condition things that we should really have a pulse on. And those are things that we need to make judgments about. We need to be able to see because if we don't see it, we can't address it. And we need to be able to address uh, some of those some of those things. Trent, what about, you know, as another judgment is, do we have something in our church that's causing division or sinful behavior that's going unaddressed that, that needs to be addressed? I mean, those things, again, judgments that we have to make. What are we going to do with those situations? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Alan. Uh, I think that's really important. Evidently, it was important to Jesus. He prayed about that um, in the last days before his crucifixion. And, and so, um, we are called to be the, the shepherds of our flock and the protectors, you know, of our flock. And so that means, yeah, we have to be looking around and say, hey, is, is there something in our, my church that is causing my flock to be dispersed, um, the, the flock to be broken up? And if there is, then I need to do something to get rid of that. Um, and so we have to be doing some some judgments, some looking around, and that will lead to some actions probably may lead us to confront someone. Um, and I've had, this was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, Alan. We talked about this in our episode on hardest decisions, but I had to ask someone to leave our church at one time because they were causing constant division. It wasn't just a one-time thing. It was constantly tearing apart the church. Yeah. Yeah, we should never enjoy those things, but we have to pr protect our church and we have to protect our family. And th that, that, that requires some judgments that we, that we have to make. You know, at, at what point in time is it too much? At what point in time, you know, do we have to do the, what, like in First Corinthians, expel the immoral brother, uh, the, the mm -hmm. one who was so far gone and his sin was so gross and so egregious that you couldn't ignore it any longer. You know, it's, and it's hard to know. Jesus allowed Judas to walk with him, uh, knowing, knowing that he was a problem, but he wasn't causing division. His his division was was internal, and so it, it's a judgment call sometimes. When is the right time to do that? But that's a that's again a judgment that we are required to make. And so, you know, I remember talking to someone that I had to remove from places of leadership and. They felt like I was being a little bit judgmental, um, you know, and, and I was um, from the standpoint of, well, what you're telling me doesn't agree with the ultimate judge. You're telling me that you believe you should be able to be married to multiple people. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that that's that just just doesn't work. It's, it's, yeah. it's not it's not going to happen. It's not biblical. It's not scriptural. It's not who we are and what we believe. And it's not going to happen. And. Yeah, yeah I, ha I had to make that judgment, and mm -hmm. that's just part part of it. But I also know wholeheartedly I was in line with Scripture um, regarding that. So, you know, these are some things that we do that we're having to make judgments, inspecting our church's fruitfulness, recognizing the spiritual condition, protecting our flock, determining it, and then the last one, determining the direction of the church. This is a judgment thing, isn't it? It is, and that's our role as a, as a shepherd, as we lead our flocks, we're, we're called to do these things. And so I, I don't see any of these judgments as negative. I, I think that those are responsibilities that we are called to have in our position. If we didn't 
if we weren't supposed to do that, then God wouldn't have asked us to lead or to have authority in our churches. And so I think these are important deals. But then, you know, there's the other side of that. Um, you know, we're talking about the flock there, the people that have chosen to be part of the church there, and that God has led to be part of our church. But then you also have people outside the church. How do we react um, in those situations? Do yeah, we judge you know, there? You know, Trent, I think where this has become really hard and really delicate for us is the the changing nature of of Christianity in in the United States, where we most people used to have some kind of framework or foundation with some kind of church somewhere, and now they don't have that. And I don't think what we've learned how to maneuver in that world real well, and so we we struggle with that. But I think one of the things that's really helped me over the last few years is to remember that it's not my job to judge the lost. In fact, according to Scripture, the lost already stands condemned. The judge has already spoken in this matter. And apart from repentance, apart from coming to Christ and being in a relationship with him, that they've, they've already been condemned by the ultimate judge. So I, I don't need to cast any judgment. That's already been done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. And um, Jesus doesn't want, he said that, that he doesn't want anyone to perish but all to come to repentance. And so we're, you know, that's, you're right. It's, we don't have to make a judgment there. Um, and we shouldn't be surprised, I guess, that um, when pe lost people act like lost people, that we, we have this expectation that they're going to, lost people are going to act like Christians, like saved people, but that's, that's not reality. So we do end up having to make, you know, to say, okay, this is the way they are, but we pray for them to come to repentance and to come to Jesus so that um, so they can live differently. Yeah, you know, I think we have this idea that if we can get people moral enough, it'll be easier for them to come to Christ. And that's really not how God operates in this. It's when God speaks and people listen and respond. And, you know, the Bible tells us, you know, he, he, Paul on a couple occasions gives these lists, you know, there's all these sins. And he goes, and such were some of you. You mm -hmm. were rescued out of all kinds of junk, you know, and yeah. God can speak to a heart that's far away and all that. So that, there's a couple other things that go into that then. And that's this, that we heard evangelism when we judged the lost for acting lost. We're not going to be good at evangelism when all we do is, is talk about their their specific sins and not deal with the spiritual condition behind that. Right. Yeah. We start we start looking at the way that they're acting and we, we make judgments based on that. When we should be saying, hey, God, we recognize that these people don't know. That's, remember what Jesus prayed on the cross? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know, and so we should have that same attitude toward people who don't know Jesus. God, please lead them to repentance because they don't know what they're doing. Instead, we're like, oh, those people are terrible. God, you can't love them. Yes, he can. He loved me. And my goodness, if he can love me, he can love anybody. And so we have to keep that in mind. Yeah, I also think we hurt God's heart, too, when we begin to judge who we think should be receptive to God and who's not. 
we, we sometimes get the idea that we think we know who should be saved and, <laughs> and, and who shouldn't. I've had on many occasions, well, you don't want so-and-so to come to our church. Right. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't want them um, coming here, you know, and man, that's got to hurt God's heart. Um, because who are we, who are we to put ourselves in, in that role? Um, yeah. You know, if, if we really look at it, none of us, not a single one of us deserves our salvation. And, you know, again, Jesus loves the entire world. And so we, we need to remember that it's not our place to judge who's recept who, who, who is going to be receptive and who's not. Now, it might be our responsibility to go into places where we feel the reception is high right now. You know, we talk about low hanging fruit, go after that, but, but we're not, we, we are not to judge who is, who is receptive and who's not. And I think we'd be surprised a lot of times at the truth of that whole situation. Yeah. Oh yeah. I bet we would be surprised, but I remember Henry Blackaby talking about that. We, you know, agreeing with God and going where he is already going. Um, and so that that's our calling is that if God's working in an area, it doesn't matter, matter whether we think that they should be saved or not. We should go with Jesus, you know, and uh, join in with him. I think there's going to be a lot of people saved that I think there's going to be a lot of people in heaven that we're that will surprise the socks off of us, you know. And there will be yes. some people that are not there that will be like, well, I thought they were saved. No. So. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Go ahead. No, their heart was far from God. And, and mm -hmm. that's just, just that, a sad truth that we know um, will, will, will occur in the end times. But, mm -hmm. you know, Trent, when I think about it, what I see, you know, when people say, don't judge me, it's usually because they know they're doing something wrong, right? I mean, they, they right. did something wrong. You're right. But then I also see that other side of, we want to we want to cast judgments into places where we probably shouldn't be casting the judgment mm -hmm. and i think when we when we get overly concerned and when we we start taking too high of a view of the judgments that we do have to make i think what happens is we become angry and and we uh it begins to show in, in how we act and how we preach and, and teach yeah. Um, and like I said, we talked about uh, unforgiveness um, in our past episode and that anger that you mentioned that kind of over it comes out when we've been angry about all kinds of things because we're holding on to unmet expectations and hurts in the past. And instead, we should be focusing on giving and showing mercy and grace and love, just like Jesus did. Um, and that's what you, you wrote in our notes here about Ephesians 4.15 and talking about the love that we're supposed to to uh, speak the truth in, in love and, and not only show it, but speak it, speak it out. So I think that's important. And, and Alan, you wrote a really interesting phrase. I want you to talk about this a little bit. Is don't only preach what's wrong, demonstrate what's right. So talk to me about that. Well, you know, I think... I think it's very common for us as pastors, you know, we, in many ways we do, whether we're trying to be judgy or not, we're going to make social commentary sometimes, you know, I make social commentary. Um, I, 
I am not a, you know, every, everyone gets an orange slice for everything, you know, you know, yeah. um, you know I, I believe in, in the fields of competition, it's competition. And I think that's just, just how it is. I mean, even, even in the Bible, Paul spoke to not every, not everyone who runs, uh, you know, um, yeah, receives a, gets crown. a prize, you know, and so, so run in such a way to win. And I believe that that is, you know, I, I get that. I understand that I'm a highly competitive person. So this, uh, this, uh, everyone gets a ribbon culture in which we've created just kind of makes me scratch my head. And so, you know, that some things like that show up sometimes, um, it, even, even in my preaching. And so we make all these social commentaries. And I think sometimes we, you know, we can talk about everything that's going wrong in the world. You know, we can talk about, you know, there's so many sports on Sunday mornings now, you know, and so, you know, three, three-year-old travel teams that are taking, you know, um, people out of your church. And we can talk mm -hmm. about how, how that frustrates us. And we can talk about, you know, the, the, the movies and all the, the rampant profanity and, and agendas that are in movies and all these kinds of things. And we can make all our social commentaries and it just sounds judgy if we don't also show, but what is God's kingdom like? And we need to be quick to demonstrate God's kingdom. If we don't know, it, it's, it's one thing to talk about what is bad, um, but are we showing people what is good? And are we showing them what is better? Because if we're not giving them something to replace all the other stuff with anyway, I mean, it, it's just going to be continue the broken cycle. So it's important for us to to demonstrate the good. I think that's where, you know, when we you hear people say they got burned by the hellfire brimstone preacher, I think that's a lot of what it was that we could we could talk so much about how bad the world is, but in a lot of those situations, no one ever talked about how good God is. And, and that could yeah. be a problem. Yeah. Praise and praising our folks when they act godly and 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 not just beating them down. Yeah, you're right. I think that's so important. And so today, you know, as we talked about this, that our topic for today is uh, judge, don't judge me. And we're going to make judgments all the time, Alan. Um, and and in our role as as shepherds of the flock, we're called to make judgments and lead to some actions. But um, you know, there are some judgments we should make, some we shouldn't. Um, but most of all, I love what you said earlier that we need to make sure and line up with the, the supreme judge, and that is God, and make sure that our judgments line up with his judgments. I think I thought that was really, really good. And so that's our that's our challenge for you all. Um, you know, as you're thinking about people in your church, thinking about people in leadership, um, what do they need to hear from you? They need to hear God's love and mercy and, and uh, encouragement. So Alan, tell tell us how we can uh, how folks can uh, be in contact with us. Yes, well, if, uh, you can also you can rent a plane and you can ride in the sky over our our houses, so that would be okay. Or <laughs> if you don't have the money to go to all that expense, you can uh, you can reach out to us on our on our website at enduringchurches.com. You can go to our Facebook page at Enduring Churches. Um, you can catch us, uh, Trent at in enduringchurches.consulting, Alan at enduringchurches.consulting. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, please, 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 please uh, share this along with someone else um, in ministry or another church leader 
hope this could be beneficial too. It's important to talk through just some of these issues um, that, that we go through on a regular basis. And we want you to know in the next, the next few weeks as we head into December, we're going to be talking a lot about preparing for 2022 and, and what does that look like as we uh, walk into a brand new year. So we'll do a little bit of looking back, a little bit of looking ahead and hopefully give you some, some insights as well we turn, get prepared to turn yet another calendar page. So anyway, thanks again for joining us on the Enduring Churches podcast and we can't wait to get back and, and have another conversation with you so you and your church can endure.